Welcome to Real Estate and Coffee. My name is Joel Arndt. Today is October, Wednesday, October 16th, 2019. Here's some Canadian real estate news while you enjoy your morning coffee. This morning's article comes from renex.ca, real estate news exchange. Rising condo costs signal multi-res revival and the issues it brings. Um, so when I first saw that headline, I thought when I talked about multi-res, I thought it meant apartments. <laughs> multi-res covers both condos and apartments, I guess, because this is all about the cost, uh, the rising cost of condos on a per square dollar per square foot basis and how in most of the country it's actually surged over the dollar per square foot cost of a single family home, which is still important. And the reason why I'm reading it now, um, but I think Renex could use some help with their headlines. <laughs> Royal LePage released a market survey recently that tracked how condo costs are surging faster than those for detached homes in major markets across the country. This raises interesting questions about where supply and demand for any form of multi-residential housing is headed and why. In the Royal LePage report, uh, the Royal LePage report found with the exception of Vancouver, the median price per square foot of a condo is now higher than that of a single-family detached home nationwide. My hometown of Ottawa logged the biggest gain. The condo price per square foot for Greater Ottawa jumped by 17.9% year-over-year to $395. Meanwhile, the median price per square foot of a single-family detached home over, over the same period rose by 8.5% to $265. The price per square foot in the greater Vancouver area actually declined the most among the urban centers surveyed, though it does remain the most expensive condo market in the country. In the city of Vancouver uh, itself, condo owners pay a whopping $1,044 per square foot compared to $1,279 per square foot for a single family detached home. Depending on your economist's bent, it uh, is the issue that is driving up condo prices on the supply or demand side. They are not they are not inexpensive, but clearly provide utility a lot of buyers want for easier living and property maintenance. They also often occupy great locations for services, amenities, and public transit. For urban planners, condos also make sense in terms of intensification of land uses to curtail urban sprawl. Royal LePage's commentary in the report uh, supports this from both the Ottawa perspective. From both the Ottawa perspective and the national perspective. Inventory levels in Ottawa and the Ottawa market continue to be very low for both condos and detached homes, contributing to price increases. Demand remains high and listings are selling quickly. We are seeing significant interest in Ottawa's south and west ends from residents working in the nearby military and technology hubs. In Canada's largest cities, many young buyers searching for affordability and baby boomers looking for maintenance-free living per, uh, purchase condominiums. Not surprisingly, that strong demand has pushed up price per square foot with the exception of Vancouver and Calgary. Buyers are adapting by purchasing smaller units, especially among those looking for entry-level properties.
all of which is vitally important for the developers who commit to build these things because the negative from their perspective is that you have to build them all at once and trust the market demand will last long enough to yield a decent return. Many years ago, when there was no electronic databases to call upon, I was doing an absorption survey. One developer, developer on whom I called was Y.C. Lee, an architect who had developed a project in Centertown in Ottawa. I asked him one question about how the absorption had gone. His response was priceless. Mr. Clark, you are using the wrong, ver wrong verb tense. I am eight years into this project and I still have inventory. The challenge with this type of development is that the final profit comes from the last 10 to 20% of project sales. This leaves the developer on the hook to accurately predict the future to ensure a sellout by bringing the project to market while the market is still on an upswing. This presents obvious challenges and not all locations that might be zoned for high-res development have a sufficiently strong market demand for a project to sell out at a profit. Some people like to rant at developers, but they are building housing people want and need. They simply wouldn't build something people don't want, or at least they wouldn't too many times before ending up bankrupt. Despite the current upward trend for condos in Canada, many people are afraid of condo ownership. It would be interesting to know why. Some real estate lawyers I know don't recommend this type of ownership, but it really is not new. In Europe, or at least in Britain, there are many situations where multi-unit properties have multiple owner-occupants and have for a long time. In fact, under England's well-established leasehold form of ownership, the leaseholder, tenant, and the freeholder, landlord, landlord will enter into a covenant much like a condo arrangement they, uh, here. The freeholder will be responsible for maintaining the common parts of the building. The leaseholder will pay maintenance fees, uh, other annual service charges, and a share of the building's insurance. These leases, which are marketable, commonly range from 40 to 120 years. In some instances, uh, uh, 999 years. In Canada, one of the likely concerns about condos is that you own a building in partnership with others. With freehold ownership of a house in a city, when something goes wrong, it's either your problem or the city's. If it's the city's, then you deal with them. But to deal with issues or to get things done in a condo situation, the owners and the condo board must work together and achieve consensus, or at least a sufficient majority. Perhaps the challenge with condo ownership is that not enough people understand how to work on a board. <laughs> Sorry. And from time to time, there will be some individual who engages in shenanigans that drive their neighbors around the bend. An alternative to con the condo is the purpose-built rental apartment. Demand for this type of multi-residential housing has undergone a bit of a renaissance as of late. New, higher-end, and quality options are coming to markets like Ottawa to replenish aging stock. The attraction here is the occupant basically enters into a contract for services with the building owner. Occupants needn't work with each other on a board. Rather, the key to successful living 
is a shared vision between tenant and the owner on what services are being provided, what the tenant pays for, and what behaviors are permissible on site. In the world of aging baby boomers, there are going to be many people who may cash out of a valuable detached house for a quality apartment where they pay rent and are prepared to pay for quality services. But if you live in a multi-unit building, whether it's a condo, a long-term lease, or a rental, you'll have to deal with people more directly than if you own a detached house. Never forget the North of England phrase. Okay, I'm going to have to get this right. There's nought so queer as folk. Wow. There's not so queer as folk. Uh, I guess people are weird. I'm paraphrasing. Yeah. That's the end of the article. It's a, it's a, actually a, a pretty good breakdown of condo ownership. And they just start to inch into why people will go to rentals and then leaves it at that. I had a very good conversation with a few investors uh, on a Facebook group about home ownership versus rental ownership and the idea that home ownership, like whether you're at retirement age or just getting into the market, may not be the best option. In fact, it may be better to rent and the first house you buy or the first property you buy be a rental or if the first property you buy is a multi-unit rental which is really the better idea um, you know you could live in one unit and have and rent out the rest of the units obviously and so and, and there were a, a few people who were of retirement age that did that they sold their house picked up a rental so they rent their primary residence and they bought a bunch of rental properties with the profit they made on their, you know, family home, the sale of the family home. So their rent is paid and, and then lots, not just some, and then lots. So, um, anyway, I would really like to hear your take on condo ownership. I know a lot of people are afraid um i mean and i like how this article breaks down some of the the risks uh, i think the biggest risk that i would see in condo ownership is definitely the board more so because you are not in control of um what's that called uh special assessments special assessments um so if it's a brand spanking new building, your like your condo fees are likely not going to be jumping at any point in time, and you're not going to get a special assessment at any point. But you know, depending on the age of the condos, so like townhouse condos or something that have or building that's been around for a while, um, that need in something needs attention, uh, maintenance that goes above and beyond the board the board's budget, and it's a special assessment, and usually it's a fairly hefty one-time fee and that's really nothing compared to what can come come about with you know a home some of the expenses that can be attached to a home hence why I think renting is still a better idea and don't make your don't buy your home the first time around buy a rental property 
first property you buy, you buy a rental. And then buy a bunch of rentals until it makes, you know, if you really want to buy your own house, your own land, then it's funded by your investments. Or if you can buy a rental property that pays you, that is cash flowing. <laughs> that would be, you know, ideal. Let me know what you think about condo ownership. Uh, let me know what you think of home ownership versus rental. I'm going to try, I'm going to be on the lookout for articles uh, about home ownership versus rental ownership. I don't want to dig too much um, into the past for it if something comes up, you know, within the last couple months or if something comes up in the next couple months, I'll definitely feature it. But um, it's something that I've been thinking a lot about lately and I'd love to hear your thoughts on. Let me know uh, if there are benefits or um, drawbacks that weren't mentioned in this article about condo ownership. If you own condos, why? Especially if you own condos as, as investments, I'd love to know your experience and how you mitigate the risks. Because there's risks in every kind of real estate investment. And it's really just the risk that you're comfortable with, right? That you choose and that's why you invest in whatever strategy. So why are you comfortable with the risks associated with condo investment or ownership? Love to know. Email me, recoffee at joelarnt.ca so that's recoffee at j-o-e-l-a-r-n-d-t dot c-a uh, home ownership versus rental ownership is actually something that um, I was thinking about and then uh, as the Wealth Hacker Conference was getting closer I started watching some of Grant Cardone's YouTube videos more often and it's something he talks about commonly, um, often, uh, no, not, I won't say often, he, he talks about it uh, enough, and in fact, just the other week on the, the, his real estate show, his real estate TV show, he talked about renting versus buying, and I mean, his whole thing is rent and then invest. And so it'll be interesting to hear and connect with other wealth hackers. Uh, in fact, the conversation I had about homeownership versus rental ownership was with the, uh, the IWIN membership group, most of which will be going to the Wealth Hacker Conference. So it'll be really interesting to connect with a lot of these people who... Th th I would consider that a wealth hack. Everybody is so concerned about buying their home. I mean, I, I was for the longest time, and, and since studying real estate, I've slowly moved to the opinion that, well, rental renting might not be the worst idea in the world, especially when the first real estate purchase is an investment, a cash-flowing investment. That's a, so it, what's hacking the traditional route to wealth, which is exactly what the Wealth Hacker Conference is about, and it's exactly the reason why I'm going, because people have already done this, they've already picked up on this, and they're... They're benefiting from it, and I want to talk to those people, connect with those people, and work with those people, maybe even invest with those people. That's why I bought my ticket to the Wealth Hacker Conference. Plus, I get to hear a whole bunch of unique investment strategies, business building strategies, stock option investing strategies, and 
I get to see Grant Cardone. That's just icing on the cake, man. The networking and the connection is the, is the meat. If you'd like to go to the Wealth Hacker Conference, check out the details at wealthhacker.ca. Three ticket levels, choose your ticket. There'll be a link to enter a promo code. You can use the code REALWEALTH, all one word. So wealthhacker.ca, choose your ticket, enter promo code REALWEALTH, all one word. And once you buy your ticket, let me know. Email me. I want to meet up with uh, as many people as possible, especially if you're listening to Real Estate and Coffee. I'd love to love to know what you think and just talk real estate and connect. Okay. It's 6.06 a.m. on Wednesday morning. On a rainy, stormy Wednesday morning. Have a good day.